This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Climber, are you mentally strong? Are you sure? Well, you're going to have to be if you're going to make it as a songwriter or artist. And today on The Climb, we're sharing 13 things that mentally strong people don't do. So trust me, you don't want to do the things on this list. So listen up. Johnny, do that thing. Welcome to the climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. That's what the new music business is about. It's about what you've done, not your potential. They want to know if you're actually making it happen, which is cool because you don't need anybody's permission to make it happen. But the bad news is you got to do it yourself. But when you start getting some momentum happening, guys, then everybody that you've ever dreamed of working with will come right out of the woodwork and line up to get a shot to work with you. It's what we call it the climb, C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. That's a, a Baxternum from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Randy Travis, too. Let's not forget him. Mm-hmm. Got a, a few number ones in Southern Gospel. Got a few, got one on the charts right now, I believe. Mm-hmm. Just had a recent uh, top 10 in Australia. Like, you're worldwide, baby. Worldwide. <laughs> you're, you're bad. You're worldwide, not nationwide. There we go. And uh, what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro. And then on a regular, he introduces you to the pros. He makes a connection so that you can be get on the radar screen of different publishers, artists, producers, etc., and start a relationship. I mean, there's been those those introductions have been vastly fruitful for lots of different people. yeah it's been fun to watch this stuff happen for other people there you go you can find brent very easily at songwritingpro.com and i want to introduce you to my co-host johnny dwinnell johnny owns daredevil production they're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data yeah it's complicated but you know johnny's smart if you're an artist looking to increase your streams blow up your video views sell more live show tickets and get discovered by new fans tv and music industry pros then daredevil production can help Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production singular, no S, and there's no S because there is no other Johnny D. What's happening, brother? I always feel like a DJ when I go, there is no other Johnny D. (laughs) You're the hostess with the most S. (laughs) Most Dr. Johnny fever I feel in the course of my day. (laughs) (laughs) Right now, well, dude, oh my God, I have huge news. So for all you climbers out there who friended me on Facebook and thought back in April that I unfriended you, (laughs) I did (laughs) it. When you run Facebook ads, it is a requirement that you have two-factor authentication. So I have to turn that on. And... Like normal two-factor authentication, after you log in, it's going to require some kind of code. The code can come from 
with Facebook, it, Facebook used to have a code generator. It was like in your app mm-hmm. and you could, and the code changes every 30 seconds and you could just grab the code and it would allow you to, to log in when you logged into a browser that it didn't recognize, right? Like if mm-hmm. you logged out, switch browsers and logged in or something. And like normal two-factor authentication, like if you were to try to access your bank account from your phone or something like that, if you don't have a code from the code generator, you can get a text on your phone with a code mm-hmm. or it will allow you to upload an ID. Well, Facebook got rid of their code generator and started to require you to download an app to have a third-party code generator that'll connect with Facebook and that will get you in. Mm-hmm. And so I have lots of clients where when they finally remove that Facebook code generator, we're in the same predicament I was in with the exception that their apps worked. <laughs> <laughs> so if they didn't have a code, it's like, need another way to confirm that it's you? Yes, I do. Okay, here is a text message or text code we're going to send to you. Mm-hmm. Didn't get that? Don't worry. You can upload your ID. Well, with me, it just, it was a bug. It was a two-factor authentication bug or 2FA bug. And all it said it was, was... more like an FU bug. Yeah, it was like an FU bug. And this was back in April. It was just like, hey, you need to you know, put the code in from the Facebook code generator, which doesn't exist anymore. Like, need another way to confirm it's you? Yes, I do. It's like, click here. Oh, well, you can just log in from another device that's mm-hmm. already logged in. Right. Yeah. No. I, no, that's no. not going to help. So it's taken me this long to... And this was just a nightmare, a nightmare on so many levels for me because I had... There are several, all my financial clients, we are required by Facebook on their ads to put political disclaimers. Mm -hmm. So it'd be kind of like this ad's paid for by this candidate or something like that. Yeah. And the reason that is because it's not just about politics. It's about politics, elections, or quote unquote, issues of national importance. And because the ads use trigger words like taxes, Congress, government, Mm -hmm. the SECURE Act, legislation, stuff like that they require us to put a political disclaimer on it. Now, in order to, you can't just throw a political disclaimer on there. You have to go through another qualification process with Facebook where they have you upload an ID, they have you sign an affidavit stating who you are and what your physical address is, Mm -hmm. and then they send you a code to your mailbox through the United States Postal Service to prove your physical mailing address. And then once you do that, you're allowed to put those political disclaimers on there. But I mean, I get this. They want to make sure you're not a terrorist. Yeah. And it was just so frustrating because when I moved in with Janelle last August, I mean, I'd had these political disclaimers for years, right? And then I moved in with Janelle and within 30 days, Facebook knew I moved. Yeah. And so they revoked my permissions for political disclaimers until... I could prove my new address, Mm -hmm. which I did. Took about a week, no big deal. Back on track. And then when this thing happens, I have to like, I have to bet that I'm going to get back in it sometime soon with Facebook, Mm -hmm. which was not a good bet. When I started to dig into this, I started to find out like this was a big freaking deal. Like you've never heard about it, but there are like hundreds of agencies like mine who had the same issue. Mm And it was, it's just a bug that was an embarrassment to Facebook. They did not know how to fix it. Okay. Oh, gosh. And there's several Twitter accounts that are like called 
Facebook 2FA mm -hmm. or something like that. And so all these people are like, what the hell? And it's been going on, by the way, since 2019. Oh, wow. So that was also pretty scary. Yeah. So that means that I can't service my clients. I have to start a new account and I have to get all my stuff squared away and, and go through all those permission things again. Yeah. The last step of which is to verify your business, which of course I now look like a terrorist because I'm trying to verify a business that's already been verified. <laughs> right. Okay. And, and so that was going on. Ugh. And then, oh my God, poor Sydney Cheryl, one of my clients, whoever she worked with before removed her admin permissions on her business manager in Facebook. Mm -hmm. So I can log in as her. Yeah. I have all that information because she's my client. So I go to log in and I can't add my new account as an admin because she's not an admin. And then when we go to dispute that, Facebook sees that my original account is an admin mm -hmm. and they consider it like some sort of shady business. party thing yeah. that they're not going to get in. Well, they're just like, you got to figure this out with whoever the admin is. Like yeah. it's not our responsibility to do that. So, I mean, God, long story longer. I, <laughs> I finally, I, I mean, I went through all this stuff to prove this is my account and I, I had to create like video showing because I, I understand this from the Facebook team. They're like, you're an idiot. Just get the text sent to you. Just yeah. upload. The, there's, we got a million other ways to do this. I'm like, but mine doesn't. It's a bug. Yeah. And of course, that's the, how many times do they hear that when something goes wrong and somebody doesn't understand the platform? Right. Yeah. So they roll their eyes or whatever. So it was terrifying, man. And finally, like three days ago, I finally went to just try to log in again one more time. And I, I mean, I've been just diligently reopening the case, putting new information in there, trying to get somebody that understands. Yeah. And then, uh, so I have a, like, a relatively new MacBook Pro that is pretty tricked out because I do like video editing and stuff like that. So it's like pretty beefy. Mm -hmm. And on the power button, it, it'll scan my fingerprint. Hmm. Right. So I can like, whenever I need to do things like get into my computer or if I need a password or something where you normally have to type in the, the password to your computer mm -hmm. to get a password from your browser or something like that on your keychain. Yeah. I can just hit my finger on the fingerprint. And it doesn't. So all of a sudden I look up and said, need another way to confirm it's you. And I'm like, yes, I do. And it's like, okay, you can log in from another device or it's just, and there's a little fingerprint insignia. <laughs> and I'm like, no effing way. <laughs> so it just appeared. So I just touched it and then bing, the code pops up and I'm in. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm in. So uh, I was able to like fix everything on Sydney's account. And now all of a sudden everybody's like, they think I was in Facebook jail. I wasn't in Facebook jail and I didn't unfriend you. And I was mortified when that happened because like my cousin was the first one, like a month later, was like, hey, why'd you unfriend me? Yeah. I'm like, I didn't. Like, I'm sorry, because it, my account was inactive and yeah. it just kind of removed it from Facebook. Yeah. So anyway, y'all, I did not unfriend you, I, I promise. And I feel like maybe some people unfriended me. Out of spite. Yeah, out of spite. Like I, You can't I, fire I, me, I quit. I'm not exactly sure, but I, I feel like because I had some friend requests mm -hmm. and I'm hitting them and I'm like, I'm, I thought I was already friends with these people, but it's been over 100 days yeah. on, from the old. So it was crazy. But anyway... Oh my God, y'all, if you're running ads, you have to get, do not screw around with this. Like you have to get your two-factor authentication set up correctly so that this does not happen to you because that's a, a friggin' a nightmare biblical proportions. I mean, I felt like I was in Facebook jail because I've been hearing about this for months. Mm -hmm. So I'm so glad we get a stick of fork in this. <laughs> yeah. 
So anyway, all right, we're going to learn about being mentally strong, which is what I had to be to get through this. That's ordeal. right. That's that's the segue we were waiting on. Yeah, that's right. That is a proper segue <laughs> for this. So I, uh, you know, I go to the library with my kids, and I ran across this book because thankfully they were in an area where I could wander off and look at some business books or whatever. And I saw this one that was interesting. It said "13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do" it's by Amy Morin. I guess is how you pronounce it. I thought. That's worth a checkout. Score one for the library. So I just went through it. I didn't have time to read the whole thing, but I uh, took notes and just kind of scanned through because I don't have time to read a book in two weeks. That's just not happening with my life. But took some notes, thought it was interesting, wanted to share it with the uh, with the climb community. Nice. All right. Well, before we do that, let's get and take care of a little business here. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you join the climb community on Facebook. It's, so it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the climb community. It's a private Facebook group. You have to ask to be let in. We let everybody in unless you look suspect, unless you look like Johnny five minutes ago. Something, or you just started a Facebook account three days ago. And I'm like, I'm sure the first thing you did right after you started that Facebook account was come to the climb. Right. Right. Like, no, that's a bot. Right. So we're going to get rid of that. But this is a thriving community, y'all. We're almost at like 1,600 members. Mm. I love it. People who love people are the most extraordinary people, the most beautiful people. Hmm. And you're getting lots of love and support. This is a place where on Mondays you can shout out your new music. Like, mm-hmm. hey, what just dropped? Let's see what you got going on. And I need to go in there and just, oh, my God, drop like all the stuff we've been promoting. I haven't been a good soldier in my own little camp there. <laughs> And on Wednesdays, you can talk about your wins. On Thursdays, you can talk about your gigs. Leave the feed open for something that's for everybody. It's not about you. It's about everybody. Right. And so any news, any comedy stuff, I posted some crazy, like this crazy cool bass player dude hmm. video in there. It was just like this, you're fascinating to watch. He's so amazing. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's what the feed is for. But we love to talk about on the podcast, the wins, right? That's so right. what do we got going on for wins? So over on the Climb community, every... Wednesday, we post the new heights because, you know, it's the climb, it's new heights, wins. You get, you smell what I'm cooking. And so that's the place where we encourage you to share your wins with us, your music related wins, so we can celebrate with you. And that's, we know, all know where the party is. Let's see here. This is from The Bray. It says, Our latest single, Born to Run, from our album Start Right Now, reached number five in the UK country iTunes chart. So nice. Oh, excuse me. I charted. Yes. Good job, The Bray. That's awesome. Hopefully by now it's already uh, already at number one. Yeah, wait, we'll wait, see. hold on. Wait, so it's not the iTunes chart, it's I charted? It, no, no, it's my joke. Excuse me, I charted. It's a joke. Oh, oh, it's a, oh. It's a fart joke, Johnny, which is not good because I had I, to explain it just I now. I this was like some new, some new chart I needed to know about. <laughs> no, no. It's on the UK country iTunes chart. Oh, I love it. Well, congratulations, yes. man. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Taylor Hughes Music said, I'm currently in the running for this year's opening act competition for the Weekend Survive Benefit Concert in New York. Well, voting is already closed by the time you hear this, but she was in the running for it. So, Taylor, hopefully soon we'll hear the outcome of that. Let's see here. Joel Dusek said, my sixth year playing for a fundraiser for the Aurora Theater Shooting Memorial Foundation. I played an hour of tunes as a solo with acoustic guitar and vocals, including through my original. So congrats, Joel. Uh, and we've got a bunch of other there, others on here that we can't, uh, we don't have time to get to. So we'll be, if we do, we'll be even longer than Johnny's story earlier. We'll save those for the next one. Listen, I just needed to vent, y'all, and I know you love me out there, and I just, 
I, I needed to vent and also explain myself because I didn't want <laughs> yeah. anybody to think I was getting so high and mighty that I was going to unfriend climbers. That's just never going to happen. Right. If you didn't do anything vicious to me or whatever. But yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> And I got some wins too, man. We've got a couple releases. Uh, we're, we're heading into our third release with Josh Roy, mm -hmm. which is cool. And we've we've racked up over a quarter million streams with him on the first two releases nice. uh, across all platforms, which is awesome. I think actually closer to 300,000. And we just dropped Mackenzie O'Brien's first release, which is exciting. And yes. guess who the co-writer is on that? Chad Wilson. Mr. Brent. Baxter and Chad Wilson. <laughs> so I love that. And that song, bro, like, okay. So you remember last show, I was like, you know, you got to save your singles for last. And you're like, well, so what? I'm first. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm chopped liver here. And I'm like, no, they're all great songs, but you know, like we got to rank them. Right. Well, I've never seen typically when you're doing the kind of promotions that we're doing, like, and especially Spotify just is not, again, it's just not, the discoverability factor sucks. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not just where everybody's like, oh my God, I heard this song once. Who's this artist? I'm going to follow them on all their socials mm -hmm. and never give up. And But no, no. In fact, like follows on Spotify are about 1% of the streams, right? Oh, wow. So it's, I mean, not, not hold on. Is that right? It's like 0.1%. Because if you get like a hundred thousand streams on Spotify, one percent would be a thousand follows, yeah. right? But it's not; it's like a like hundred. Okay. So it's more like point one percent. So it's really, really low. But you know what? This song with Mackenzie, like she's gotten, I don't know, fifty-seven followers in the last six days on Spotify. Nice. So it's really kind of doing well. I like that. Nice. A good number of spins. So, yeah, and she's at, I mean, she's been out for seven days. She's almost at 70,000 streams, I think, on Spotify, which is cool. Mm -hmm. And so that's exciting, man. So yay for us, and congrats to those artists, and congrats to you, Brent. It's well, a great you. song, man. Well, and and I really, really, I love that song, but I, you know what? I really I know. We know like, what your candy is. I, I want to see what's going to happen with Sugar Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I also have a, a quick win. I'm, I'm wrapping the Cash Memphis hat this morning because he, while we were in, uh, I guess, coming back from Arizona, he put out his album, But God. Mm -hmm. And so I have a song on there called Flipping Tables. So Cash is a uh, songwritingpro.com alumnus and a, and a climber and a uh, Christian hip-hop artist. So it was fun to write some hip-hop with him. So a little rap. Nice. My kids, were we listened to it in the car. My kids were like, I didn't know you wrote rap. I'm like, on occasion. So... <laughs> It was fun. It was fun to kind of. It was kind of fun to stretch you're like, my legs on occasion, Shut up now. Go get me a gin and juice. <laughs> yeah, as we're driving through New Mexico. So anyway, <laughs> it's a road trip. All right. So let's talk about mentally strong. Yeah. So again, this book is Thirteen Things That Mentally Strong People Don't Do by Amy Moran, and so it's just going to be just like an overview because you know we don't have time to dive into each one of these. Nor do I have notes that would allow me to do that. But a couple things: benefits of, of being mentally strong is you have increased resilience to stress. Hey, guess what? The music business is stressful. I hate to tell you, you know, whether you're an artist or a songwriter, you have improved life satisfaction. So if you're going to be on this journey, you want to enjoy the journey and it sure helps to be mentally strong to enjoy the journey. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is it enhances your performance. You actually perform better if you're mentally strong than if you're mentally weak, which also helps you get better results, which probably leads to less stress and more life satisfaction. 
huh, it's funny how that works. It's oh, a circle. Crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing, man. If you're a songwriter, if you're an artist, you're, you gotta be mentally strong. Those are the first people that wash out or the people that are not mentally strong because you got to stick in. They call Nashville a 10 year town. In some ways, I think that is being optimistic because for most people, it's a never town mm-hmm. or an almost never or 20 year town or whatever. So you have to be prepared to stick it out and to bow up and pack a lunch and fasten your seatbelt because it's a bumpy ride. And so we're going to talk about some of the stuff that mentally strong people don't do because you may think you're mentally strong. Then you realize, oh, my gosh, I do five out of these 13 things or whatever. And so we're just going to kind of dive into this checklist for you. You ready to jump in? Okay. Yep. All right. Number one, mentally strong people don't waste time feeling sorry for themselves. Yes. Yes. So first of all, that's a waste of time. It leads to more negative emotions. You're feeling sorry for yourself. You're more likely to lash out at people, hurt your relationships, that kind of stuff. Feeling sorry for yourself, it causes you to overlook the good things in your life. Like you're so busy focused on the closed door that you don't notice the open window or the open door on the other wall because you're so busy feeling sorry for yourself. Uh, Some fixes for this might be volunteer for a worthy cause, perform random acts of kindness, do something active. My wife and I talked about this. One of the things, you know, there's so much depression and stuff in kids, right? And, and just in people in general, I mean, so many people we know are on meds for various things. And mm-hmm. it's like one thing I've noticed with our kids, we go do, we do a lot of charity work with different stuff. We do a food bank every week and we do just different things, volunteer work and stuff. Cause I ain't got a real job. I don't have to ask off. And so the kids homeschool, so we can go do this stuff during the day or at night or whenever. And man, my kids are always in a good mood after we go and serve, like serving other people always puts them in a good mood, puts them in a good place. What you're saying is you, you, you've got an agenda. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm happy to serve because it decreases my stress at the house with the kids when they're in a good mood. <laughs> that's not why, but it is definitely a benefit. It is definitely a benefit. <laughs> I'm playing with you, yeah. man, but that's funny. <laughs> but it's true. It's like, and, and for myself, too, you get out of your own head. You look up from your life, as James Taylor said, yeah. and that often helps. You know, I'm not, I'm not a psychiatrist or whatever. You know, there's some people that have definitely issues that I'll be helped by just thinking differently. But that's one thing we've noticed is that going out and serving others, you know, we just got back from a Navajo reservation and you see how some of those people live and you're like, okay, no, this is, this is good. Well, I'm okay. (laughs) You know, kind of sets the, uh, you know, recalibrates your, your context. And of course we've done this stuff going to Africa and seeing some stuff there and orphanages in China and stuff. And, Man, that, you know, that gets your head straight if you're feeling sorry because, oh, so-and-so passed on my song or I'm not getting all the cuts I want. Then you go, oh, wow, they have they don't have water or electricity. Okay. Yeah. So that's one thing helps and, you my know, uh, mood. But. I want to add something to this. I think if we made a generalization, mm-hmm. uh, because certainly I don't fit the mold that I'm about to, to make the generalization on, but... Yeah, I think it, like an overwhelming majority of artists and songwriters are lean to be more empathetic. Mm-hmm. And which plays right into, I mean, we are being just, there's an onslaught of crap on television mm-hmm. and on the news that's designed to either make you feel like a victim or make you believe everybody else yeah. is a victim. And I think that adds to the depression i think that adds to the you know like what are we doing right now this is so bad like what i just saw is so bad but 
you know, there's no country on this planet that's perfect. Right. But still, just know this, guys. It, we still are the number one country that people flee to right. from other countries. As bad as they make it sound as it is here, they're still coming here. Mm -hmm. And so this is by design. And so be careful what you watch on the news, you yeah. know, and be careful what you choose to believe in because they are trying to buy votes, man. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to sell friggin' pharmaceuticals. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I like, I, and this is not a political statement because this is true. I'm both sides of the aisle when mm -hmm. it comes to mainstream media, but CNN and Fox News, both companies, 40% of their revenue, 40% of those two massive news corporations' revenue comes from Big Pharma. So they're selling stuff. Yeah, it's like we're going to spend in between the commercial breaks raising your blood pressure and making you depressed. And then near the commercial break, we're going to sell you meds to help you with your blood pressure and your depression. And stuff I've never even heard of before. You know, it's like the, the, the pill, this is like for what, what the hell is restless leg syndrome? And when did that start? You right, know, yeah. like, what is that? <laughs> I'm just like, really? What? I don't know. It feels, feels a little, little weird to me, but okay. But <laughs> anyway, so yeah, be careful with that because, yeah. you know, the news, if it bleeds, it leads. They are selling ad space. Mm -hmm. Make no mistake about it. I don't care what news program that you watch, again, because it's so political now. It's not about the politics. It is doom and gloom for one reason and one reason only. It sells more commercials. It sells, sells more ad space mm -hmm. when they do that than when they don't do that. So they're, they're not about giving you any kind of a balance. Either side is not about giving you a balanced mm -hmm perspective on anything they want to scare the crap out of you and make you feel horrible yeah. because then you're going to watch so uh, one of the fixes for this is you want to focus on gratitude so people who feel gratitude don't get sick as often as other people yeah so i mean they've done studies on that it's actually good for your health gratitude leads to more positive emotions which is helps you gear up for the rest of the it's a marathon right and gratitude improves your social life because we want to be around people that are thankful and so it has real world effects on, on your business. So, all right, number two, mentally strong people don't give away their power. Dale Carnegie said, when we hate our enemies, we are giving them power over us, power over our sleep, our appetites, our blood pressure, over our health and our happiness. Yeah. So don't, don't give people power, even by hating them. Don't give them that power over you. So when you give away your power, you depend on others to regulate your feelings, whether that's going, oh, my co-writer has to love this song or this artist has to cut this song or this publisher has to love me or that sort of stuff outside of you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just want to take a deep breath, excuse yourself from a situation, distract yourself, evaluate feedback critically, recognize your choices, that kind of stuff. But just be careful about giving away your power. You don't want to do that. Not that we're in charge of everything because you don't... Another thing that mentally strong people do, and again, this is... Just a, overview is they don't focus on things they can't control yeah maya angelou said you may not control all the events that happen to you but you can decide not to be reduced by them yeah and so you talk about the the victimization mindset or the stuff on the news like so much stuff on the news i'm like can i vote about this yet can i write somebody about this yet no it's not really actionable intelligence. Like, what can I, is this something I can do something about? Nope. All right, moving on. I don't need to worry about it, right? Oh, the asteroid's coming? Well, I don't care. I'm going to go on. I'm still going to go to Aldi and get my lunch today. I don't know. Yeah. 
So you want to be careful about giving away your power and focusing on stuff you can't control. I can't, there's so much I can't control in the music business. I can't control if Tim McGraw likes my song. I can't control if, oh my gosh, this artist I was working with, we wrote all these good songs and now they're deciding to go kind of a different direction stylistically. So I put all this time into writing songs that now are no longer viable for this artist because they're not doing that thing anymore, whatever. You can eat yourself up on that, but you can't control that. And the more time, again, that leads to feeling sorry for yourself and giving away your power and feeling like a victim. And that's not something mentally strong people do. And so that's not something that you want to do. That's right. Makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Like it's uh, an intra-band stuff too, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're giving one person your power, it's hard, right? Because you're yeah. when you're that close, you're, yeah. you're it's like a marriage when you have a band, you mm-hmm. know, as an artist. And if you're, if somebody can wind you up like that and you choose to let them you know somebody can only make you feel like crap with your permission <laughs> yeah and that's the truth that's so right, yeah. if you're not if you're being honest with yourself and you're not doing anything wrong and you're coming from a good place and you're not up to some passive aggressive crap which we all find ourselves doing from time to time without realizing it okay mm-hmm. then you can just shake it off and be like you know what this isn't my problem this is that person's problem I know, that's the thing oh that's a you problem yeah I know my intention and I know what I said. If you want to misinterpret it and think the worst about me, that's kind of a you problem. I've heard it said, it's like, it's kind of none of my business what other people think about me. Yeah. That's their business. It's them thinking. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you want to conduct yourself in a way that people that know you won't believe that stuff. Yeah. But hey, people are going to have opinions, especially as you rise up through the ranks and you get more known in your, as a songwriter, as an artist. I mean, a good example right now is Jason Aldean. Very polarizing. Some people think he's a, an angel some people think he's a devil and it is what it is right Mm -hmm. how much time can he spend worrying about that that's right another thing that mentally strong people do is they don't shy away from change so you know if you're staying the same you're probably going to get stuck in a rut don't be afraid to try new things that's the thing the music industry changes what i mean johnny he had the the chair pulled up you know in the musical chair so they go you know we're not doing the hairband thing anymore now it's all grunge and nirvana Right. Yeah. Now you had a choice. You could have said, well, I'm going to throw on some flannel and jorts and go headbang more or whatever. Yep. And more subtle changes too, like in country music is what, you know, I've I've had my come to Jesus when somebody slapped me around and says like, this stuff would have been great in the nineties would have been, you know, you'd have been one of the biggest writers in town in the nineties, but it was like 2012 or whatever it was, you know? And, And I had to go look and go, okay, what's, what's changed and how can I adapt? And that's that's important because music doesn't stay static. It doesn't stay the same. It, and you have to be willing to, if you're going to be in this for the long haul, you have to be willing to adapt as well and don't shy away from some of that change. Or even, I mean, if we didn't change one, am I still going to be carrying around cassette tapes with demos on it? Yeah. I mean, maybe like, what is this? I don't know. It's a fancy paperweight. Yeah, I, I don't even know. I don't even know how to listen to this. Like, what? yeah, I don't. I don't even have the capacity to listen to this. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, you have to change with the times because a lot of it can be good stuff. Other of it just may be painful. But don't be scared of some change. Heck, I just I wrote a Christian hip hop song. Come on. <laughs> there you go. I don't know how to put a big enough exclamation point on what I'm about to say, but your superpower that will blow away finances that will blow away like power in an industry is your ability to adapt. Mm -hmm. 
like you, maybe you weren't born with money. And so you're struggling out there to try to get the financing you need to do your artist thing. Maybe you are out crowd, right? You, mm-hmm. you don't have a father or an aunt or an uncle who's high up in the music business pulling the levers that can do all these favors for you or another artist. So you're powerless maybe in that regard and you have to kind of work your way in. But I'm telling you right now, and I was just having this conversation yesterday with like a half day meeting I had with a potential new client who is being managed and produced by like one of my favorite bands, yeah. uh, you know, from the eighties. And we were talking about this with this kid, you know, he's like, man, it was just like that. Mm-hmm. They stopped the, the hairband thing. It was crazy, blah, blah, blah. But it's the adapting. If you can adapt, if you can move quicker than everybody else, then you have unlimited power that they don't have mm-hmm. because they can't adapt that fast. Look at what Netflix did. Yeah. I mean, Netflix was a company in 2007 that couldn't get any licenses because nobody understood what streaming was. Mm -hmm. And in 2020, just 13 years later, they were nominated for 161 Emmy Awards and the nearest network who owns the Emmy Awards was nominated for 31. Yeah. I mean, that is a vulgar display of power. But you know what they did? They adapted before the networks did. Mm -hmm. And, And that's why they were able to do that. And you can do that too. Like artists can do that. So the the more that artists are asking the right questions and trying to shift and figure out a way to do this in a repeated, reliable manner on a digital platform, oh, you got the keys to the kingdom. Yeah, that's true. So here's something else that uh, mentally strong people don't do. They don't worry about pleasing everyone. You know, I mentioned Jason Aldean a minute ago. Yeah. Okay. Tom McDonald. I mean, many artists, Lady Gaga, Madonna in the day, that sort of stuff. Like, they're not worried about pleasing everybody. People that are writing stuff that I'm sure Luke Bryan knows he has tons of haters, mm-hmm. right? He, he's on social media. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about them. Haters are going to hate, but lovers are going to love it. Anthony and Oreo mm-hmm. and I wrote that. So that's the thing. You can't worry about pleasing everybody. I know we want everyone to love us and all that kind of stuff, but it's just not going to happen no matter who you are. I mean, Jesus was perfect and a lot of people didn't like him. Still don't. So, mm-hmm. hey, it's just you just got to accept that as a cost of do, being in the world. Hey, welcome to humanity. Not everybody's going to like you no matter what you do. So you just have to go, all right, well, that's just part of it. I mean, I, I, I don't get it much, or at least I don't see it much, but I've definitely had my haters doing, not, not so much about the songwriting stuff because it just didn't get out there or whatever, but like especially with stuff that I do with songwriting pro and very much out there is kind of my version of the artist thing. You know, there's this thing I'm promoting to the world and yeah, you'll get some hateful comments or people that totally misunderstand your, your intentions or whatever, you know, I've been called music city shark and bum and all this kind of stuff, you know, and Mm -hmm. you just have to go, that's part of it. (laughs) That's part of it. Yeah. If you don't have haters, you're not doing it right. If you don't have haters, you're not doing it. Right. Yeah. And I'd be interested. I don't think there's any way to actually measure this, but I would be very interested in knowing like Taylor Swift, for instance, has 250 million followers, I think, on Instagram now. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many haters she has. I bet you it's pretty close to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like people who can't who know she's so big that they know who she is and they know that they can't stand her because they don't even listen to that kind of music. Exactly. And the bigger she gets, the more they hate her. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like you don't count the haters, man. Count the count the people that you know dig what you do. Mm-hmm. Focus on that because that's and and, and, we, those and are the people what, that like matter. When we say yeah, when we say wear the haters like like a badge of honor, and we were talking before about 
letting other people, giving them permission to bring you down, right? To change it. I mean, I, man, when you got somebody so riled up that you find out mm -hmm. that they're a hater. Yeah. Because of a nasty gram email or a nasty troll comment on your social or something like that. Brothers, sisters, I'm telling you, like, that takes a lot of negative energy to do that. You're doing <laughs> something to rile them up. And it's their problem. It's not your problem. But what you have is you're, you have impact because right. they're not hating on everybody. They're hating on you. You know right. what I mean? So you, you really have to look at that like, wow. Like, I mean, it's not the emotional response that you were looking for. Okay. Mm -hmm. But you got a profound emotional response, didn't you? Yeah. And that's called impact and it cuts both ways, yeah. man. So, so like you really have to be like, okay, we got some haters. I'm onto this now. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing this right. And when you really go far, I mean, I remember at one point, I think Alice, you know, Alice Cooper was tell a story about him sitting around with his manager and they were just trying after they figured out how it worked, mm -hmm. you know, when they figured out like all oh, the kids love them, but the parents hate them. Mm-hmm. Then the more the parents hate him, the more the kids love him. So they were cooking up ways to piss off the parents. Like, how can we do, what can we do to, because they knew that was the trigger to make yeah. it work, right? They're trying to create more haters because they knew the net result was more fans. And it's just true. Like, own it. Love it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's, that's a lot of like Donald Trump's, the love he gets is because due to the hate that he gets from the other side. So people go, Oh, the enemy of my enemy must be my friend. Mm. That's part of it going, Oh, the more they hate him, the more I want to, I want to love him because that's, that's my team. Yeah. Whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and also that may even come down to relationships that you outgrow co-writes that you outgrow and they may be mad that you don't write with them as much. Well, I'm sorry, Billy Bob from my hometown, you write two songs a year. I don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. Or you want to write all the time, but you don't finish anything and you're not pitching and you're, you know, like I got to move forward. You're not going to please those people. Some people will be mad that you outgrow them. Well, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. That's you have a choice to grow or not. You're choosing not to grow. I can't be part of that. It may make you unhappy, but I have to, I have to keep moving forward. Yep. So it, it works on small levels, uh, very intimate personal levels as far as that goes too. Number six, mentally strong people don't fear taking calculated risks. So that might be move to Nashville. It might be I'm putting out a song. It might be I'm going to that publisher meeting. It might be I'm going to try this different kind of style or I'm going to go play out. There's tons of things. And there's a quote here from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Don't be too timid and squeamish about your actions. All life is an experiment. The more experiments you make, the better. Yep. So go test, right? Yeah. Always be testing. Every every successful person that you admire, that you love, that you aspire to be like has failed more than they've succeeded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was that famous quote by Michael Jordan about listing all the shots that he missed, all the game-winning shots that he missed, and that's why he wins because he, he mm -hmm. keeps going, keeps yeah. going. Uh, keeps which, showing up. Yeah, which – you know, dovetails into number seven is mentally strong people don't dwell on the past. Yeah. Another quote there. Let's see. Oh, I forgot the attribution, but it says, we do not heal the past by dwelling there. We heal the past by living fully in the present. I think that's cool. So dwelling on the past, it makes you miss out on the present, especially as creatives. We need to be, we need to be present because that's where a lot of the good stuff is like that we use to create. Mm -hmm. 
you know, it makes it impossible to adequately prepare for the future because <laughs> you're just dwelling on the past, right? It interferes with your decision-making, all this kind of stuff. So you don't want to dwell too much on the past, whether that's good stuff or bad stuff. Like if I was just trying to keep rewriting Monday Morning Church going, oh, that's my biggest hit so far, or just coast on that, no, that's not going to help me out. But neither is going, oh, there's that thing that didn't make the record or the thing with the artists that they got dropped from the label. And I put all that time into that relationship. And then they, while they were on the label, then they ask off the label and now those songs are toast or what? It's just not helpful. Yeah. Just not helpful. And you know what? I think some people, they dwell on the past from a victim mentality. Mm -hmm. That's door number one. Like all this stuff happened to me. Right. And so they're stuck right, right in there. And sometimes it's real trauma. Like it's real stuff that happened to them. Yeah. But you've got to process that and work through it so that you can live in the present. But the other thing is too, that sometimes I think, especially when we're talking about artists and songwriters that are again, largely empaths, mm -hmm. it's like, man, like when you do something wrong, when you say something wrong mm -hmm. and you really slay somebody, you really hurt their feelings yeah. or when you are not in your best form. And I think I see a lot of artists, they dwell on that. And yeah. it's like, look, you can't change it now. You have to be like, okay, I don't like that about myself. Yeah, I do not ever want to mm -hmm. feel that again. So I'm not going to do make that mistake again. But then you have to forgive yourself. You do. Yeah. And move on so you can be a better person mm -hmm. and live in the present because you're not being a better person if you're guilty and regretful and living in the past. You're, 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 you're just not growing. Yeah. And which dovetails beautifully into number eight mentally strong people don't make the same mistakes over and over. Giddy up. There we go. John Powell said, I mean, he was even the next in line. <laughs> John Powell said, the only real mistake is the one from which we learn nothing. Yeah. That's what they say. Instead of you don't win or lose, you win or you learn. That's right. And so you want to study the mistake going, okay, say maybe you put time in working with this artist and it all went nowhere. Okay. What, what can I learn from that? Was it something that they were doing that I need is a red flag for future co-writes? Was it something that I did that I, I would want to do differently next time? Is there some reason this song didn't work or the single didn't work? The show didn't go over well, that sort of thing. And you got to You got to do that. It takes self-discipline. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been trying to lose some, lose some weight and get healthier. And I've been tracking, you know, what I've been eating, exercise, that kind of stuff. And, and then it was, you know, we went on that mission trip and came back and that kind of blows everything up. And it's like, Oh yeah, I got to get back on eating. Right. What was I eating before I was going back to my notes of going, okay, you know, here's what I was eating over the last month that was working. Like, okay, this is what I need, need to go get grocery wise. Right. And just trying to learn. Cause I've gotten off the healthy train many times before, but you just want to make sure you don't keep making the same mistakes. Mm -hmm. And part of that is having the humility to realize the victim mentality that we've talked about a lot. It doesn't allow for that because it's not your mistakes. It's not your fault. You don't need to change. Whoever is victimizing you needs to change. Not you, you just, you're doing just fine. You go be the bright, brilliant, shining, blazing superstar that you are until they figure it out. Right. There's probably stuff you're doing that fed into that exactly as Johnny you've said before and I've quoted to people I love this thing that you said it may not be your fault but it is your responsibility mm -hmm. so maybe yeah maybe you have been victimized and it's not and it's not your fault but it is your responsibility how you handle it but you also need to have the humility to go yeah there are things I can I can do better there are mistakes that I make and you have to be real with yourself which takes mental strength mm -hmm. to be honest with yourself and go I screwed that up Yep. I could have done better. Okay. 
what can I do next time? What can I do to prepare? So next time I'm in that situation, I'm not going to make that mistake again. Not easy, but it's important. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, like, here's the, here's the, here's the alternative guys. It's like, I'm going to wait for the world to make me successful. Yeah. I'm waiting for someone else's permission. Uh, The reason I can't be successful is because the world is in my way. Mm -hmm. It won't let me. And you just sit around and wait for the world to make you successful. That's a long, slow, miserable life. It very much is. So number nine, this is a big one. Mentally strong people don't resent other people's success. Mm -hmm. And now this is tough, especially in the music business, but really any industry. But man, I've had those times when I've been more out of the business than in the business. And you turn on the radio and you're like, I used to ride with that person. (laughs) I've written with them. You know, you turn on the radio, it's like, okay, I like to turn on the radio and check in with old friends, you know, but it can make you, it can make you mad. You're like, oh, that son of a gun. He was right there. And, and for whatever reason, you can resent that. And, or even your contemporaries who people that you work with currently, if they go get the single and you don't, you got to guard yourself not to resent that. You want to celebrate other people's success. I mean, so I'm making a point to, celebrate people's success to email them to whatever hey congratulations and just try to make that a habit of how i think and how i operate is just celebrating other people's good stuff regardless of if it had nothing to do with me even better i'm going to celebrate that with them just because it's it's gratitude be happy for your friends you know there's enough for all of us to get ours yeah right it's not a zero-sum game and so Try to look at it as, hey, at least people I know are having success, but also the people you don't know. You know, hey, I, I hate this writer. I don't know him, but I hate him and what they do, and they're blowing up, and now I'm mad. Mm-hmm. Don't waste time on that, man. Don't waste time on that. You want to curb your jealousy? You got to watch that attitude. So don't give time to that. And and you know what? You, you will never, ever, ever, ever be putting somebody in an imposition if you reach out and text them with an attaboy or an girl. Yeah. <laughs> you know what no I mean? Like, there's no favors asked. There's no nothing. You're going to get a text back. Wow, thanks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, thank you. And I've done that before with people where I'm just like, hey, I saw what you did. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's freaking amazing. Way to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that just, I don't care who you are. When you read that, you just feel good about it. It makes oh, you yeah. feel good. Heck you know, yeah. what a great way to get on somebody's radar screen with a positive stain as opposed <laughs> to a negative stain. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to do the, I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. I need to, I want to do an episode on ways to show up positively. Yeah. A way to just I like show that. up in a positive I like this, way. By the way, I really like this, this today's episode. Okay, good. I'm really digging this. All yeah. right. Good deal. Let's see here. Number 10, mentally strong people don't give up after the first failure. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, we talked about some, a lot of time winning is just, sticking it out longer than the other people. Robert Kiyosaki, who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, said failure is part of the process of success. People who avoid failure also avoid success. Mm-hmm. That is true, man. I mean, what is the the biggest writers in town probably get passed on more than you do. Yeah. And that was a pass. Of- a lot more pitches than you do. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about Tony Lane. I'm thinking about Lee Thomas Miller. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about all the guys we interviewed over in Denmark last year. And they were just like, like, I mean, you just for every fifteen hundred songs they say no to, I get one cut. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's Tony Lane. That's Lee yeah. Thomas Miller. You know what I mean? So if you've only had if you're all bummed out because you've had five passes. Woo! You got to step it up on your failure, man. Mm-hmm. 
it's like the salespeople that did the math and figured out, okay, if I tend to make one sale for every hundred doors I knock on, every door I knock on is one hundredth of a sale. That's a I'm one hundredth of my way there. Like yep. you start figuring it up as percentages. Every of, no is one step closer to a yes. Exactly. Right. And and I and I know if I just good, let's get through those no's. Yep. Let's get through it, yep. and we'll get on the way to the yes. Amen. And that's just how it is, you know? So you don't want to quit after the first failure. Amen. And, and this is a stat, by the way, just a quick mm -hmm. stat. We've mentioned this before, but 50% of people will quit after that first failure. Yeah. 75% of people will quit after the second failure, and 95% of people quit after the third failure. So if you can make it past three failures, boy, the herd thins yes. out. Mm -hmm. That's when you get to people that are serious and mentally strong. Yeah. Number 11, mentally strong people don't fear alone time. So I think that's interesting. As I remember this story about Keith Urban that, you know, some some really good guitar player or whatever had seen him in concert. This is back in the days of like Keith Urban's four wheel drive, like back before the ranch, back before solo deal. You know, he was killing it somewhere on Broadway or whatever. Mm-hmm. And somebody looked at the other guy was like, he spent a lot of hours in a lonely room, right? Putting in the Playing time, that working guitar. on that guitar, right? Yeah. <laughs> For us as writers, it's that quietness when you do the, your pre-write, when you do your quiet time to get your head right, to dig through ideas, that sort of stuff. Don't be afraid of that. So yeah, don't be afraid of alone time. Uh, number 12, mentally strong people don't feel the world owes them anything. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So Robert Jones Bert, Burdett said, don't go around saying the world owes you a living. The world owes you nothing. It was here first. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I love that. Yes. So the world owes you nothing. It was here first. And man, that's true. Once you realize that, you know, all the stuff cross pollinates. So many of these things we've outlined here cross pollinate with each yeah. other. You know, you won't, you won't give away your power waiting for the world to fix things or to make things happen for you because you realize the world doesn't owe it to you. You got to go out and get it. And if I got to go out and get it, I'm not giving away my power to other people who can't give it to me anyway. I got to go get it. So life isn't meant to be fair. Your problems are not unique. You have a choice in how you respond to disappointments. You aren't more deserving. You get what you get. What is the, the football coach said? We are what our record is. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, we are, we are. And what do they say in the music business? You're only as good as your last single. Yeah. I mean, it's it's literally like that. And I'll I'll tell you that I just think that the I'm trying to remember the name of the author that this is an author in the 1700s that wrote about the character arc, for lack of a better term, of societies, okay, of free societies, right? Uh -oh. and there's been lots of empires throughout the history, like mm -hmm. the Roman Empire and the Mayan empire and all that and they all evolved from the same place and devolved back to the place that they came from out of a free society into massive oppression because people became entitled mm. and when they become entitled then what in and this is where we're at right now in our society then you've got a boatload of sleazy slimy politicians mm -hmm. who are going to step up to the plate and agree with you for one reason and one reason only because it buys them a vote yeah. And so, you know what? You deserve to have this for free. You're right. Yeah. And everybody deserves to have this for free. And they, so, as if free is a thing. That now on television, like mm -hmm. nonstop. Yeah. And it's not, it's toxic. It's toxic to the human condition. It is. And it's toxic to creativity and it's toxic to success. Man, one of the founders 
or someone in that time period that said, you know, when 51% of the people realize they can vote themselves largesse from the public treasury, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, when 51% of the people realize that we can vote ourselves free stuff, because ain't no richer, it's yeah. not free, then it, it's over. Yeah. Because that's what's going to happen. It is all from there. But anyway, so the world doesn't owe you anything. It was here first. The book says to focus on giving, not taking. Focus your effort. Focus on your effort, not your importance, and don't keep score. Yeah. And I think that was interesting. And so if you show up in the room acting like the artist owes you a cut, owes you a co-write, I mean, that's stupid. Then uh, don't pitch me your song. Just pitch me what number it is and the number of songs you've written. Oh, you've written 1,500 songs? Yeah, I guess we'll cut that. You do. No. Yeah. No one does that. Right. You know, it's like, <laughs> send me the song. Right. Is it awesome? Great. They don't write with you just because you've been in town 10 years. You've been in town 10 years? Okay, you show me the passport stamp. Oh, you moved here in 2002. Yeah. All right. I guess, I guess here we go. Here we go. Right, now you got to, we got to let you in the club now. Let you yeah. in the club. <laughs> Doesn't happen. Nobody cares. That's right. Now, if you show up and you're giving and you're generous and you're helping solve their problems, hmm, funny that. And you can keep your own kind of ego in check and your own entitlement in check, then you're more likely to get what you actually want. And the thing is, the funny thing is, you'll earn it. <laughs> you actually will be entitled to it because you've earned it. Yeah. But you're not entitled to it. Just was to say, uh, you know, you're given life. You got to take your chances. Yeah. Yeah. If someone would give me a chance. No, no, you're given life. You got to take your chances. That's right. One in what? One in four billion chance. Yeah. Something that is you being alive. Yeah. (laughs) And here the last one is mentally strong. People don't expect immediate results. So Napoleon Hill said patience, persistence, and perspiration make an unbeatable combination for success. So patience, persistence, and perspiration. Impatience tempts you to take shortcuts. It prevents you from seeing the long-term picture. It, it makes you quit too soon. It leads to negative emotions, and it often sabotages your own goals. Mm-hmm. So you want to commit to the long haul. You want to create realistic expectations. You want to recognize that progress is not always obvious. It may be part of the iceberg that's underneath the water and so you want to practice delaying gratification Mm -hmm. so that's a huge one don't expect immediate results like oh i've written three songs how come i'm not famous yet i moved to town last week what no one's rolling out the red carpet down i-40 or or whatever my favorite i've I've written three songs i'm just gonna wait and see what these do before i decide to like jump in completely dive into the pool it's like (laughs) wow have you do not understand you don't belong in the pool no you don't (laughs) That's the statement that keeps the right people out of the pool. It really is. <laughs> out of the gene pool. <laughs> because the people that are going to be in it to win it are the people that, like, I have to do it. Yeah. I have to write songs. If I don't write songs, and our, and our I would be depressed. are interested in doing better on this song than they did on the last song. Yeah. And there's the joy. It's in the craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. It's in the knowing this is really getting good now. Yeah. And... Man, that's that's what it's about. Yep. So I thought that was interesting. Those are 13 things that mentally strong people don't do. It's from a book by Amy Morin, M-O-R-I-N. If y'all want to check it out, like I said, I haven't read the whole thing. I just kind of went through and took notes before I had to take it back to the library. But let me capture this. And then maybe one of these days when life slows down a little bit, I'll get back in and, and put it in the queue and read it all. But uh, yeah, that's what I, I had for today. That. I thought it was good. I love that. Hey, and... Another thing that mentally strong people don't do is they don't miss out on the chance to download six simple ways to make your songs more commercial. That's what they, that's the number 14. That's a bonus for you. Nice. Just because I care, <laughs> but it's, it's a, it's a simple PDF. 
downloading some of the stuff that I've I've learned in my years in the music business and that buddies of mine, you know, have worked on just six simple ways to make your songs more commercial because uh, we can all hey, if you want to get write commercial hits that that definitely helps. You can get that at 6 the number 6 simpleways.songwritingpro.com. That's 6 simpleways.songwritingpro.com. It's my gift to you. Just tell me where to send it. We send it to you and good stuff follows. That's it. That's what I got. Love it, guys. All right, well, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Hey, if you haven't discovered it yet, all the podcast episodes now are up on YouTube. So That's right. if you want to go, if you prefer to consume it there, go ahead. Otherwise, follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you tell a friend about it. This podcast, and, and oh, and join the Climb community. Yep. This podcast exists because we want you to win, so keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. Who